0: Welcome to indie Cider, where we go beyond the game and meet the developers behind today's indie hits. Hello, and welcome to the indie Cider podcast, where I play indie games and then interview the developers. I'm your host, Ken Gagne, and today, on episode number 56 for Wednesday, March 8th, 2017, I'm playing Circles by Jerome Wimmers of Elusive Games. Circles is a PC and Mac game that was released on February 17th for Steam and Humble Bundle, where it can be bought for $9. A copy of the game was provided to me for this review, but you can find it at circlesgame.com, where you can also play a free online demo right in your web browser. Circles is described as an abstract puzzle game. True to the game's name, absolutely everything is represented by Circles. There are no other shapes, there are no written words or language. And the entire input is conducted via the mouse. Each of the game's 90 levels consists of circles that move or behave in a different way. Sometimes they align to form walls or barriers that you have to navigate around, because if you touch any one of these circles, you have to start the level over. Some circles don't respond to you at all. They are stationary and do not change in their location or shape. Others get bigger as you approach and smaller as you retreat, or vice versa. Sometimes they get bigger as you go clockwise and smaller as you go counterclockwise. Sometimes they are just simply following a heart-throb beating rhythm the more you move or sometimes it's the faster you move so you have to keep yourself below a certain velocity. Every four or six levels or so it mixes up the mechanic and causes you to learn something new. It then builds on that mechanic with increasingly complex levels until it feels that you've gotten it and moves on to something new. Your goal is to tag the other circle that's the same color as you. That denotes the end point of the stage. Sometimes there are several such circles, and you have to touch them at first in any order, but sometimes the levels railroad you into going in a certain order, and that can get really tricky. Later on in the game, one of the mechanics that you are introduced to is very similar to one seen in the game Induction, which was a previous episode of IndieCider. When you tag a certain circle, the level creates an echo of everything you've done up until that point, almost like a time loop, and now there are two of you. And so in your first time around that time loop, you have to create a path that you may not need until the second loop. It's the only way to get to all the dots. Anytime you make it to a checkpoint or finish a level or die, the game's soundtrack responds accordingly. It's sort of a jazz soundtrack where there are cymbals and finger snaps and other basic instrumentation. But other than a basic underlying track, these punctuations don't show up except in response to your behavior, just like how the circles on the screen respond to your behavior. Now some reviews on Steam don't call this a puzzle game, they call it a skill game or an action game. I'm not quite sure I get that distinction, especially skill game because all games require skill. However, it is true that a lot of the levels don't require a lot of thought to figure out. It may take several tries to get it just right, but it isn't very often that you really have no clue how to proceed. It's not going to melt your brain like Induction did. This game is more meditative in style. In fact, a hardcore gamer can probably finish it in just an hour or two. I made it about halfway in 38 minutes which you can see at IndieCider.net, where you'll find not only the podcast you're listening to, but also the interview with the developer that you're about to hear, paired with gameplay footage of me playing Circles for Steam on the Mac. Also at IndieCider.net, you can leave comments, voicemail, or tweets with your thoughts about this game or recommendations for other games you'd like me to check out. In the meantime, I again recommend that you go try the free online demo of Circles, which consists of the first 10 of the 90 levels in the game. While you're doing that, here's my interview with Jerome. Today I'm speaking with Jerome Wimmers of Elusive Games, developer of Circles. Hello, Jerome. Hey, Gun. How are you today? Hey, I'm good. Thanks. You? Very good. Thank you. So, Circles came out in February, and you and I touched base a few weeks before that. You had actually watched a previous episode of IndieCider and reached out to me, and I was eager to get you on the show, but you were just so busy getting ready to launch Circles. What was keeping you busy in the last few weeks before Circles came out?
1: Yeah, there were a few things. First, uh, first I'm the only one doing the the game, making the game and doing the marketing. So I was first finishing up the game, making sure everything works, making a demo that, that was going up, and uh, also sending out all the press releases and Uh, everything I was going to say on Twitter, Facebook, all those kind of things. So it just, it was just kind of crazy. Had development of the game finished by that point? Uh, I would have liked to think so, but in the (laughs) end there were there, in the end there was some things that didn't work or some, uh, like there was one crash that kept popping up. And so I was still thinking tinkering around a bit, but uh, in in the end it, it worked out. How long were you working on circles? Well, it, Sort of off and on the first few years, but it started three years ago, a little bit more than three years, and then the last year of development, like two thousand and sixteen I've been working on it full time so it's it's been about two years in, in total. actually work really working on it. Wow, so yeah, quite some time.
0: What was the hardest part of the game if if there was any one part that took up more of those two years than any other part
1: mm. yeah, looking back to it. I think, yeah, there were quite some parts how to lay down the ideas of the game without text and how to make that work. But I think the most time was really something you wouldn't expect. That was the, the UI. So you've got some UI on top of the in the game that you can just select some levels with. And it seems like kind of secondary, but this is the thing that when I look back to it, I think it's the most time spent on it because it took like five different completely different iterations to get that, that simple thing up there.
0: <laughs> when you started making the game, did you originally intended to not use any language at all, or did you experiment with some sort of menus and labels?
1: Yeah, in the beginning I did. I had some text from, like, this is level one, this is level two. At some point, that was the only text that was there, and I was like, yeah, I can probably be consistent and just have no text at all and try and design it in a way that seems logical and people don't need text and uh, so I just stuck with some rules like the game has no text and the game only has circles and everything has to be like that that made it quite hard but also it it made, made the game consistent and look good and feel good so yeah in the end it was a choice to just stick with it
0: so when you say it made the game consistent and look and feel good, what are some of the benefits um, in more detail that come from not using language? Certainly you don't have to worry about translation, but does the game benefit from not having language in it?
1: Mm, I think this game, this I mean Circles does. It's, it's always different per game, but with Circles I noticed it's a very sort of playful game. You need to experiment with your mouse to see what's going on and you could explain this in the beginning, like, okay, if you move your mouse fast or slow, like this happens. And But, well, you need to explain this to the player in the best way possible. And I think there's Circles isn't really that logical. It's not like, oh, I know this happens, so I'm doing this, and then you do it. It's more like uh, a bit of subconscious. You find it out and you play with it. And that way you slowly build up up a sort of knowledge how the game works. And I think in that way it, it really people really understand it in the best way possible, instead of just reading it from a text and then trying to think logical about it.
0: Yeah, it certainly is a game of discovery where you're experimenting to see how the game reacts to various inputs. I read some of the reviews on Steam and some people were saying that due to the way you interact with the level and the way that the levels are solved, they were hesitant to call it a puzzle game. Some people called it right. a skill game or a meditative game. How would you describe Circles?
1: Yeah, it's, it's funny, because seeing those comments and reviews come in, I've always described it, described it as an abstract puzzle game or an intuitive puzzle game, but always the puzzle game part. In a way, is fair, I think, because there are still puzzles, only not they're, they're not as difficult as people... Uh, think you usually think puzzles are, especially on Steam. Yeah, I think it's still there's still puzzles, but it's it's not the main focus to drive you crazy and to to make really complicated uh, yeah puzzles with it. But uh, yeah, it's it's just a bit more casual.
0: That's an interesting word that you would call it casual because a lot of people <laughs> associate casual games with mobile games, but your press kit says from the very beginning you intended this game to be used. With mouse input, not touch input. Why is that?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, normally I'm I'm pretty hesitant to say casual, especially on on Steam, because uh, yeah, that's that's not what people like to play, and they do on mobile uh, most of the time. But still, it having these kind of puzzles in this way makes it more enjoyable to explore and to discover. And this this would still work on mobile, I'm sure, I'm sure. But it was just from the beginning I was making them the whole game, work with the mouse and design it around how you move the mouse, how, yeah, how it feels. So I've had some experiments with making it work on the iPad or making it work on the mobile. But it it, it worked, but it just didn't feel as intuitive as you would just move your mouse to your place without thinking about it. And on a mobile, you, yeah, there's a, a step between that you see your finger and it, there's some still some still, still some problems to solve there. So yeah, it's mainly for just for PC.
0: It reminds me a little bit in that sense of another mobile game that features circles and no language, which is Ellipsis. Have you played Ellipsis?
1: No, I've not not heard of that.
0: Okay, I'll send mm. you I'll send you a link after the show. It was developed by a gentleman yeah, in uh, Germany, and he released it first for iOS and then for Steam. Mm. And uh, he he had to experiment with a lot of different input types in order to find one that worked for him.
1: Yeah. I, 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 I thought I knew a lot of games, also abstract and puzzles, but uh, Ellipsis, (laughs) yeah, you
0: you send it to me. Sure. I would call Ellipsis sort of a cross between a puzzle game and an action game. Oh, okay. Uh, But but as far as Circles goes and various systems that it could or could not appear on, you did something with Circles that I've never seen with another game, which was that you made a free, embeddable, browser-based demo. Yep. Did that require that you... Recreate the game from scratch in another system, or were you able to use the same code that you made for the Steam version?
1: No, yeah. Luckily, I was able to use the same code and scrap some parts that were needed. But yeah, it just uses all the same code and it's made with good old Flash. So you can still embed that on your website. And it's the same thing, the same program you start up on Steam, only then air is around it. So yeah, it still works pretty well.
0: But it won't work on mobile devices, since it is Flash-based.
1: Well, actually, no, that, uh, that also, also works. Because you've got uh, yeah, Adobe Air around Flash, sort of. And this way you can export it to, you know, as you play it on Steam, to Windows or Mac. But also Android and iOS. So it's still pretty versatile.
0: So if you wanted to know what it would look like if you were to port this game to be a mobile app, all you have to do is mm-hmm. boot up the browser demo. Uh,
1: well, on... Um, on my iphone it wouldn't work i mean I, I mean don't in the browser i mean it doesn't work but it was relatively easy to just export the project in in air to to mobile to ios and then yeah, I I experiment a, b- a bit with it to see what works and what
0: doesn't. Besides the abstract geometric, very clean and language-free visuals of the game, another thing that really caught my attention, which I really liked, was the integrated soundtrack and how it synchronizes mm-hmm. with the player's actions. This yeah, it feels very jazz-like to me, on, as opposed to other games like Res, which feels very techno. So what are, right. what what were you aiming for when you created that soundtrack?
1: uh yeah first i collaborated collaborated with uh, an artist like a a composer and we we worked together to make the music like like it is now and it did go the whole process did start a long time ago with some other people who would do that music for me yeah i always had had ideas for maybe classical maybe jazz maybe just electronic sounds but in the end uh with this guy, I'm working at, We did, we picked jazz because it's pretty free flowing, like which fits with the, which fit with the game. And it doesn't have like a clear beat, which was important. So the it whole, it's important because the whole game doesn't have a rhythm itself. It's more like you decide what happens. And when you don't do anything, the game just doesn't, 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 does nothing. So you have to experiment. And the same thing goes for the music. So if you stop, like certain tracks fade out and it gets more quiet, and it, it waits. It waits for you to take action again. So in the end, jazz was a pretty good fit. But even after that, we experimented more with more with electro, which you will hear in the in the later worlds.
0: Of course, since the soundtrack is interactive, that deprives you of the opportunity to sell the soundtrack on Bandcamp.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you you can you could there's still some uh, compositions in it. And, but, yeah, you're right. Some layers do fade in or out based on your interaction, so you would have to be creative with that, like see see what works best. but, yeah, I think it was possible, but just because of the short time, we would choose to not do it, but it's probably still possible
0: now, this game is not your first game, it, but it is right. very, it's very different from one of your previous games, which is Westerado Double-Barreled by Ostrich yeah. Banditos, which came out a few years ago on Steam. I, I don't see how one game ties into the other. Granted, you worked on that other <laughs> game with a lot of other people, but what was your contribution to that previous game?
1: Yeah, it's hard to see, right? There is a, uh, my part of the game was mostly the, uh, the gameplay design and gameplay programming. So whenever you, uh, you pick out your gun or interact with people or uh, interact with the AI, that's that's the parts I programmed and a lot of well, front-end uh, development. So actually the whole game feel, you could say, is, is uh, I programmed it. So in a way, I found out that's something I like. So making the gun feel good and making the AI also respond appropriately. But yeah, the game is very different for Circles. I found I just want to focus on the game feel and just that the one thing and Westerata was, was becoming a huge game and it, yeah, it is a huge game. So I just decided to, to keep it small, keep it manageable and just focus on making a game that feels good to play and that is uh, that you could finish in six months or so uh, development wise. But in the end it took three years but still that's kind of how it's How it started.
0: So now that you've had these two experiences, which one do you prefer, working on games on your own or working on a team?
1: Yeah, good question. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, there's there's benefits to both. Uh, One thing I I liked from working with the team, there was four other people. It's just you you get in a rhythm with 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 all of you guys. We worked at one place, part of in school and part of also part home, but you're always working, working together on it. And it gives you some good motivation good structure and you 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 keep up with 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 each other and of course when you're working on your own and especially when I worked from home that's a bit that's a lot that's very different so uh there was a part where I just had a hard time motivating myself or or working five or six hours a day or longer just every day so in the end, I found it's, it's a lot better to just work with other people, work in places where there's more people to, to give tips to talk with. But in the end, I'd like to go go on it, make decisions my own at least, and um, work uh, so I'm, I would like to work on my own game next, but maybe with some, some more help of other people, but uh, I'll keep it small.
0: Yeah, it's very... I mean, working on somebody else's dream is a great way to get experience, but it can be very unsatisfying when you have dreams of your own.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. Although, Westerado was... We all had our own part in it, so I'm really happy with how it became. became. But, uh, yeah, you're right. In the end, you, I did have really different ideas of what I wanted to make, but the experience yeah, taught me a lot, and I, I couldn't have done done it without it. But I'm glad I was able to continue on my own.
0: Uh, now, speaking of collaboration, are there a lot of other indie game developers where you are in the Netherlands?
1: Uh, yeah, there's quite a few, especially indie developers. There's a lot of those. And there's actually not, not a lot of AAA companies. Of course, you've got Gorilla with the recent Horizon uh, Zero. There's a game called Zero Horizon Dawn.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, but yeah, that, that's the only big company. But there's quite some indies I know who also work with small, small teams.
0: Now, I know that you demoed Circles at PAX East 2016 in Boston, Massachusetts. Mm. Did you have to go that far to show off your game? Is there nothing like this in the Netherlands?
1: Nothing that big, no, no. I I, I had to go there to really reach a lot of people. And in Holland, I I also went to uh, conventions or showcases in Holland. But, yeah, of course, it's all a bit smaller and or gaming industry is also going going well, but it's not as big as uh, as like back, back to the East or as America.
0: What about Gamescom in Germany? Well, yeah, I've been there. But what do you mean? I mean, that thing is massive. Like a third of a million people show up. Is that the sort of place that... I, I, I've never been to it. Can you show off games like Circles at Gamecom?
1: Yeah, yeah, I actually did. So there's there's always there's this place where... All the countries are showcasing their, their games and their developers. So I was lucky to be selected and go along with the Dutch, uh, the Holland Pavilion it was called, to showcase together with some other developers. Yeah, that was pretty great. So like so many people and it was so huge and it was a great yeah, chance to show off the game.
0: When you show off the game at Gamescom or PAX East, what sort of feedback do you get that you were not expecting? That you thought, oh, this is not working the way I thought it was. I need to change this. Or, hey, that's a great idea. I should do that.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's always kind of hard to talk about it because it's always, especially with the first say, 10 minutes of the game, there were just little things how that people weren't getting, like uh, the facts that they d- that just died and it wasn't clear to them or a certain circle, the behavior of a circle, they didn't get it. But most of the time, the biggest changes were just the, the length, I think. Especially on a convention, you want to not have it be too long. I just changed the order and uh, uh, the final length of the levels a whole lot. Yeah, I think that's about it. it, it, it apart from that, there's just a, a lot of small... Things that people weren't getting and I improved on.
0: It sounds like, based on the Steam reviews, this game can be completed in about an hour. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, definitely Steam gamers. <laughs> they they can do it in an hour, which is faster than I expected, quicker than I expected. I think it takes about one or two hours when you want to complete it. And then you'll get some extra modes that will change up the gameplay and that, that essentially give you a new challenge. And with those, if you've got four of those, so then you, you're you up to a good, what do you say, like four to five hours, but then, then it's done, and there's no random elements apart from that, and uh, I think that's fine. Like, the game doesn't have to be that long, and it just showcases some ideas that I think are interesting, and if the player gets that after a few hours of playing, I think it's fine when, when it's done.
0: So, what is next for circles? Are you planning on adding more levels as DLC, porting it to other platforms, showcasing it at other events? What's next?
1: Yeah, uh, showcasing it at other, other events, including uh, South by Southwest uh, really early. And then, I think for levels, I'll, I won't add too much. And yeah, I, I would work on the the mobile version, which is still uh, still I think still needs some work to work uh, design-wise to probably add some words to it <laughs> because it's really hard to explain it on a mobile without any words and because you still have to hold the phone, hold it, the screen with your finger. And if you release it, yeah, something needs, needs to happen or show that yeah, you, you're supposed to not, not do that and keep it on the screen, which is totally not a problem with the mouse. But, yeah, some it's just a totally different way of interacting, and when your whole game is, is designed around the, the mouse, just a few things around the S clear. So I think that's one thing I'll be working on.
0: Great. Well, I look forward to seeing those changes and enhancements to Circles and other versions of it. Remind our listeners where they can find the current version.
1: You can go to well, Steam, on, uh, Steam on Humble and on uh, itch.io and also the main website is uh, circlesgame.com and there you can find right away the demo and these links to Steam, Mumble, and so on.
0: Very good. And there will be links to all of those in the show notes, which you can find at indiesider.net/ slash circles. Jerome Wimmers of Elusive Games, thank you so much for your time. Yes, thank you very much. This has been of a Bits production. Find more episodes, read our blog, or send feedback at IndieCider.net.